We ready to rock and Rizzo, we back. Episode nine. All right, yeah. Episode nine, my bad. So listen, thought you should know podcast. Deke me know. Ball off to the side. Uh, we tried a few things. A few things ain't work out. <laughs> That's why I had to remember, was this episode nine or episode 10? Technically, we would be Debatable. recording. Debatable. Because uh, episode nine was fully recorded. My apologies. Uh, I guess it ain't in advance no more. It's just, it's just my apologies. Uh, we tried some things. Everything that we're trying is in the spirit of bringing y'all the best experience possible. So, if ever and whenever something goes wrong, it's because, like y'all, we listen to the show. Like y'all have y'all opinions of this product. We have our opinions of the product. Um, just in this specific instance, I was actually going on, uh, going on the opinions of listeners and supporters and just trying to implement based off of recommendations. So just letting you know, I am listening. I'm listening to the feedback. I'm reading reviews. I read every text that's sent to me. I read every DM that's sent to me, every single one. So, like I told you before, everybody has their voice. Um, I welcome criticisms and I welcome recommendations. And if I actually agree with said thing, I'm not going to agree with all of them. But the ones I agree with, I'm going to try. So, you can know that much of me and know that that's what I'm going to give you as a continued listener. Um, Claps up. I don't got no soundboard and all that good stuff yet, but I do have it. It's just not loaded, but nonetheless, we're going to give some uh, round of applause to me, boy off to the side, man. Uh, prior to this one, eight episodes in, like I said, I, 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 I'm going to celebrate those wins if I view it as a win, regardless of how small it might seem and as in the grand scheme of things. But, uh, man, we got our first thousandth listen in eight episodes. So um, very much appreciate it. Whoever is listening, um, whoever's listened has clearly listened multiple times. Because I don't have an estimated thousand listeners, no. but I got a thousand listens in eight episodes. So when I look at it that way, even if, like, I don't want to say, I guess our estimated, like, and, and I'll give these numbers now because maybe it'll be something I reflect back on, you know, a hundred to two episodes later. I'm like, wow, really? Like, talk about just coming from a humble beginning. But even if we had a hundred listeners, and that's around what we have an estimated amount of, somewhere in the hundred borrowed park, just over it. And if you only have eight episodes, those numbers would shake up to, if you want to manipulate them this way, or look at them this way, not even manipulation, that all 100 people listened to at least, that eighth episode at least 12 times. 11 times. You know what I mean? Just breaking down the whole numbers thing. Just seeing it the way I see it. You know what I mean? If it was 10 episodes at 1,000 views, if I had 100 listeners, you know, it can be implied that all, that, that the 100 people listen to the episode 10 times. You know what I mean? Just looking at things that way, man, I just, I'm appreciative and thank y'all. And now let's get into some shit. I'm here. 
So, um, got the good stuff out of the way. Well, the, you know, the, the, the kind of stuff out of the way. So, um, I usually don't start with this early, but because of, I guess, the way it hit me, this particular, this specific statement that was made on a podcast I was listening to. So, whatever, uh, since, um, I used to be a really huge fan of the Joe Button podcast. When they had their falling out, the original, uh, well, not the original members, not the earlier original members, but the original, the members who were the core of the team when the the podcast rose to prominence. Um, when they split, I was I didn't really pick a side. They both have really huge podcasts now. I don't listen to either. I like what they had going. I felt like they had something good going together. And once it split, I just didn't, I didn't listen anymore. So for whatever reason today, I decided to listen to Joe. Mm. And um, how you feeling about it? All right, so this probably wouldn't be a fair one to judge because this wasn't a normal episode. So you know, uh, aside from pumping up and things, you know, one of his bigger claims to fame is uh, being a member of Slaughterhouse. So Crooked Andre Ortiz uh, released a joint album. And uh, clearly there was like some outward, not even sneak distance, some outward distance of him and Royce. And he had Royce on there. And a line that, yeah, I don't care to talk about the fucking Joe Budden Slaughterhouse beats. I can care less. But um, a line that Royce said during that interview resonated with me so much because it's how I felt most of my fucking life. And I, not even most of my life. As long, as far back as I could think, I felt this way and I feel this way. Right. I ain't asking nobody for no fucking respect. I ain't never asked for respect in my life. Never in my life. <laughs> I ain't gonna start now. I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm not asking for respect. You know what I mean? I look at life very, very simply, and I'm gonna get fairly serious for a moment. If you pick me out as a person to disrespect, you have some other shit going on in the back of your mind, and I was your pick. I'm gonna show you every single time you pick the right one. And it ain't going to be overt and distasteful and corny and drama-filled. No. It ain't going to be that. I'm not giving you that out. I'm not giving you... Yeah, no, fuck no. I'm not giving nobody to out a scapegoat with me into saying, see, see, this is what I was telling y'all he was. No, nah, I ain't that, but you playing with me. Wait, I don't like being played with. You just said, was that you? Like, did you, did you come up with that? No, that was Royce. Oh, all right, all right. He said that about them because... Everybody's saying, you know, that Royce has been... Royce right now, he don't dig it, but he's collateral damage for what they've wanted to say to Joe, and they know he's Joe's got friend. It, got it, got it, got it. And he's like, yo, even if that was the case, you don't... you don't People who are respected in casualties of war. You're, people who are respected and a certain amount of respect in different fields... Respect, like, kind of walks a very fine line with fear. Right. He's like, y'all feared none of what my reaction would be to this. Y'all respected me in no way, shape, or form in this. And now it's like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and that's the thing. But... If you don't want a person misconstruing and all that, yo, just don't walk the line at all. Don't tie and tight rope that thing. Just, just drop that situation. Do not do it, man.
Yeah, now, you can't help. Most of the time, you not can't help if you to pick. That ain't. Natural. Yeah, you can't help if you to pick. You know what I mean? And it's just. It get like that sometimes, especially when you try and just actively avoid the bullshit. You know what I mean? Especially if you ain't like even directly involved, but if you feel like you're even in a spot where somebody can even half-ass implicate you in anything, it's just like, yo, I didn't take 10 steps back. So you ain't even, I ain't even in your, I ain't even in your way. Like, I ain't even on the same block that you pulling this drive out on for me to be hit with a bullet. So, you know, hey man, that's always going to be a, that's going to be a thing in life with certain people. I'm one of those certain people. I respect people because I demand respect. Mm-hmm. And by demand, I don't mean asking. Right. Ever. Just had to get that out of the way early. I'm a, I'm a... All that cool shit, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Because they respect your word, so the thought, it would never even be a fence behind it. Exactly. Like, it wouldn't be a fence behind them telling you something that's in regard to the field. Right. Because now, even if you if you felt the need to tell them, you're either personally enough invested in a product or you're personally enough invested in them to actually even care. I mean, generally speaking, right? I hold my tongue, so like, if I'm speaking on it, I already, I already care. Me too. But I hold my tongue because I know how I don't small talk. So typically, yeah, if I, I say something, I, yeah, I, typically, if I say something, it sounds like I mean it. It's because I do. Yeah. Now, don't gauge how much I actually care about said thing and the fact that I meant what I said. I just mean what I say. I don't waste a lot of words, so you can't mix my words. Right. I guess that's so uncommon these days. That's confusing. Yeah, I'm not putting a lot extra out there because the more I put out there, the more you can kind of mix and match and, and, and frame it to what you want it to be unless a person is willing to come back to me and state it. And usually if a person is coming back to me with some words from someone else, I'm not even dignifying what they said enough if, I, if it's bullshit for me to defend it because typically if you're defending it, there's some truth in that. So I, I discern the whole shit from the get-go. It ain't true. It ain't right. right. And I fully convince myself of that if it is the case before a person even comes to me and brings it to me because I'm already preparing myself mentally to just like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this because it's not a thing. This is personal to my life, right? So. I'm I'm removing myself from the group. I've done it more times. I've done it more than enough. And listen, it might be triggering for some people to hear, but I've done it more than enough because I am not going to let my problem with one people in the group become 
everybody's problem with me because of a side that's being picked. Right. If you didn't have that problem with me before, don't have it with a problem with me because you like the other person more than you particularly care for me. You know, it's wild. Um, so I, I, but no, yeah. let me just yeah. expand on that just a little bit. Because of that, I'll spare the other people the headache or heartache or whatever that comes with trying to choose between me and the other person. You'll pick them every time. Yeah, they will. They will. I let a motherfucker pick the other person every time. If it become a thing between me and somebody else, I don't care if I'm right and they wrong. Pick them. Yeah. Because they might need that support. I don't need it. Yeah. I don't need it. It's always welcome, but I don't need it. Should be able to see through this, right? Mm-hmm. And be able to um, separate themselves in a way that they still can be, you know, like cool with you or, or, or cool with them, but like literally falling back and selecting to follow like a hive mind group thing. And yeah. Someone because they but that whole group, that whole group thing comes in, and it is group think in a sense. But um, no, no, it's group think essentially. But how I look at it with this is people are typically going to pick the person who. They have who they spend more of a full time with, and they spend more of a full time with because that just might be their preference in personality types that they deal with, or whatever the case might be. And I will look at it for what it is. Typically, if I know the other person spends a substantial amount more time with the other person than me, yo, I'll give deference to them every time. But because just yo, this is real shit. It's a gem that I've heard, but it's real shit. There are no benefits when you're part time. You know what the benefit they're going to get? The benefit they're going to get with that person every single time is the benefit of the fucking doubt. Every time. Damn. So I'm not doing it to myself. Sound like right there. Yeah, and it's with that. So I'm giving deference to the other person every time. They're the full-time relationship. They got the benefits. I might only have a relationship with that other person by way of the thing that we're being bought together on by the other person. I ain't even crossing that rift in y'all shit. I'm just going to remove myself, and y'all think it remain the same. Our thing was part-time anyway. I'm just cutting that part-time thing off. Man. You know what I mean? Well, I guess you... Yeah, and, yeah, and this leads me to another thing, because I never thought about this this way, but it was one of my talking points today, and I was going to speak on it in a different light, but it brings you back to that. People who keep themselves in those situations that they know aren't going to work, right, are the example of what a motherfucker... When a motherfucker talks about a person tricking themselves off the block, I know more people in my life that trick themselves onto the block than trick themselves off of the block. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That don't ever get talked about. Never. Never gets talked about. Never. I know so many people that didn't trick themselves onto the block. And, you know, people just thinking, well, I got to be accepted or I want to be accepted for being a certain way because this is what this area is associated with or known for, even if it's a misconception or a misnomer. So... I know so many people that done done it, man, and none of the ones I know that done it was built for it. Not one. Because if you was built for it, you wouldn't have to trick yourself into it. True. I ain't never had to trick myself into being me. I didn't trick myself out of different spots by not being me for too long in a space. And I guess, if you know, a better terminology for that or more commonly known terminology for what I'm talking about is dumbing yourself down. In order to fit in rooms that you know you didn't fit in, or rooms that you were probably too big for. Well, that's crazy. I mean, I did it. I uh, for 
pretended to be someone else, like you know, like your your at work person. Once I became who I really was at work, they fired me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> if we being fair, same place as me too. Yeah, same. Hey man. Listen, man. The only job I've been fired from, yo. Yep. Shit is nuts. I only been fired one time, and it was for being me. Huh? That's crazy you brought that up. Three, it took me three years to find out who I was. The moment they found out, they fired my ass two weeks later. <laughs> hey, man, get like that sometimes. But don't trick yourself onto the block, man. At the end of the day, be you. Uh, put out into the world the energy that you want brought back. Because when you're doing that, you're you don't even gotta worry about it. You're more than willing to live with what comes back from that. But when you trick yourself into another thing, do not go out here looking for sympathy or pity party when that fucking life that you tricked yourself into thinking that you live come back to bite you in the ass. Don't do it. Don't do it. Nobody don't wanna hear it. Nobody feels sorry for you. Like I I'm I'm for sure, for sure, I know that if I know anything. You know what I mean? So be yourself. I'm not saying that things can't be. I I've, I always it's always going to be a central theme of mine. It's just that I don't I don't mind anybody changing their life for the better. That ain't what I'm talking about. Changing to better your life and pretending aren't the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just point blank. Pretend ain't change. Pretending is pretending. That means all things being equal. If you weren't pretending to do another thing, you are 100% still the other thing. You're not dumbing nothing down. You're not, I know if I just brought this part of my personality down a little bit, I can coexist better in this room that I want to be in, things like that. That's not the same as pretending. People do it all the time, and a lot of people just lie and all that just to, and that group thing method just kind of fall in line with make, making statements out loud that they feel will be accepted amongst the group mm-hmm. because they don't want to be held accountable for how they really think. And it's just, it's always weird because then they do that and they throw that out there because they want to be, they throw the the fake narrative out there because they want to still be liked and or praised with it rather than knowing that you're going to get judged on that anyway. And when you're accountable, accountability only seems like an attack to people when they cannot admit that they're on 100% correct all the time. And I ain't got no room for a motherfucking name. I ain't got no room to be around a motherfucking name ever wrong. I mean, I've been in I've been in way too many situations with people where they'll ask me if I think something's wrong with something. And I'll say yeah, and I'll state exactly what the thing is that's wrong. And also 
highlighted on that. Yeah, like the thing that you're asking me about, though, I'm only giving the comment to the extent that I'm giving it because I know how to fix it. But then when I tell them, they ask me if something's wrong and I tell them what's wrong. Yeah. And then they try and correct me on that thing. And then it's a really, it's always a simple answer for that. They weren't looking to see if they were right or they were wrong. They wanted you to double down on what they thought they already know. They wanted you to agree with them. And they posed it by way of trying, they're trying not to seem arrogant or vain by posing it as a question. Right. Rather than stating a thing and saying right. So when that happens, and they and they still, and you actually say, yeah, no, this is wrong, and it's wrong for this reason, and they come right back at you with like hatred and vitriol, especially with something that you didn't even say nothing about otherwise, other than the fact that they asked you. One of my biggest pet peeves in the world. Mm-hmm. Don't get mad at me for answering the question that you asked me. I didn't give a fuck enough about this to even speak on it. Right. You asked me. Part of you. Exactly. You know what I mean, as 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 good brother do would say, man, you came around my block looking for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I was minding my motherfucking business. You came around my block looking for me. Don't come around my block looking for me, man. Exactly. Unless you want to come with that. Living, willing to live with what comes with that, man. I always say, everybody can people, people, ah, you can do what you want not to make, I am a firm believer in that statement. But people who are willing to live with the consequences of what they do really can do what they want. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, without question. If you want to live with every consequence of what you do, surely enough, you can do what the fuck you want. Ain't nothing stopping you at that point. No. That's true that we know. Mm-hmm. Or, you just overcome all those fears when you think about it on the... If you really, really weigh doing what you want to do that highly, you want to live overcome with it. You know, simple, simple enough. I know some people going to do some extreme things in that regard. But some people are going to live a much more peaceful and fruitful living because of it. Because they're not doing that. They're, none of their decisions are decisions that are out here to hurt anybody. It's just like, do I want to be looked at in a favorable light or not? And it's just, I tell people all the time, man, I don't, I fear people. I don't fear in a, in a traditional sense. But keep me from around people who have no friends and people keep me from around people who are friends of everybody. The people who have no friends are isolating themselves because they're just very much not open to hearing anybody else's logic towards anything and adjusting to be a part of the group dynamic. And a person who is a friend of everybody is lying to themselves. A friend of everyone is a friend of no one. Mm There is nobody who is 100% genuinely being them and is liked by everybody. The person that's liked by everybody is acquiescing and bending and slithering their way and sneaking their way through different circles by way of doing what to be accepting in that group. Yeah. Both. You can always see them, though. Um, they like first cousins. They well, don't even I'm dig like, it, though. Yo, bro, like, you can always see them because like, you're like, yo, new friend group, new friend group, new friend group. Like, four- yeah. But most people, man, most people not looking to build nothing because people aren't even looking to... Yo, man, people got expirations on y'all friendship early. Okay. Know that. Yo, know that, like, though. It's people that I've known for, like, 15 years that when I bring you up, like, yo, I've known deep for, like, 25 years. I'm like, God damn. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, but that's what I'm saying. But, like, I'm talking about genuine friends. I'm talking Ooh. about, like, even, like, I'm going to bring him up. JB, right? Yeah, I grew up. come through recording. He's like, yo, you know deep? I'm like, like, like I'm talking about years later. Like, I'm in the studio doing something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know deep? I'm like, what you mean I know, do I know deep? 
Yeah, I grew up with it. I grew up with these dudes. Grew up with these dudes. Yeah. But um, it's funny because fat ass Matt. Shout out to Matt. Make me sick. <laughs> fat. I ain't gonna. Let me let me relax. He got that. <laughs> Shout out to uh, subscribe. Um, pay pay that uh, monthly subscription. Subscribe to the uh, realist Patreon. Never realist podcast has ever uh, paid subscription. And now I'm listening to the episode of the other day. And he, uh, he made a real sly remark about me. Um, in Larchwood. Oh, word. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but he just like. I don't know if Matt, I don't know if Chad knew how long I've actually known Matt. Yeah. He might have think I actually met Matt through him. I mean, I was like, no. People think that. Yeah, probably, I think more people do think that yeah. because I met Chad in my adult life. Yeah. But Matt put it on there, he's like, no, no, I've known Dick since he was like seven, eight, which he has. Yeah. Yeah, and I hated him. So, <laughs> yeah, very much hated Matthew until I was a uh, man. But nonetheless, what the fuck? But yeah, just a lot of mutual people that we know just by way of, no, I really grew up around here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I spent a fair amount of time in South Philly to do my family. Yeah. But uh, from around here, I went to school within I went to school within a mile radius until I got to college. Yeah. From elementary through high school, and they were three different schools. Mm-hmm. Ain't like now with a bunch of K through eights and all that now. Right, right, right. Went from Penrose to Pepper to Motivation. I went to school, Lindbergh Boulevard, Bills Avenue my whole life. Went to school directly across the street from Fat Ass. Yes, Wild yeah. Wild Square. Went to school directly across the street from Fat Ass Matt's house. <laughs> from when I was five until I was 12. And then from from five until I was 10. And then from when I was 10 until I was 13. But, yeah, bro, we know we know a lot of mutual people, man. Like, it, like it's weird that we met as late as we did. I know. I'm honest. I do actually remember seeing you at the course and shit, though. Yeah, I was on some weird shit. Yeah, I remember we had pink hair and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Punk, punk rock Scott. That's right. Punk rock boy off to the side. Mm-hmm. But. Have any names? <laughs> 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 Dog, yeah. when you just said you had many names, yeah. the only thing I could think about, yo, man, Deke's movie uh, recommendation of the week, uh, check out Varsity Blues. So. The brother, the younger brother in the movie when he's because the young boy, because you said this like many names. So the guy, the young boy, uh, the little brother in the movie, he like going through like this identity crisis, like the whole movie. He's just trying all these different religions and spiritualities or whatever. So the brother walks into the older brother walks into like the little stop and go type Seven Eleven situation. The, the movie's based in Texas, and the younger brother is in there just like he's from like the Nation of Islam, like got the full suit, black suit on, white shirt. Little uh, Clark Kent reporter hat, and and he's just in the store, and he just sees his brother and just looks him dead in the eye, and his brother just like said his name. He said, "I no longer go by that name." <laughs> he said, "I am the great Ali Akbar Shabazz Yo. Da." Yo. That boy said, "That boy said that's a lot of names, but there's only one God." All oh, praise be to Allah. Dog, if y'all go type in the Varsity Blues Muslim scene on YouTube, I know it's going to pop up. Yo, absolutely hilarious. If you don't find it as funny as I find it, just go watch the whole movie and get some context. But it's real life. It's really, really, really hilarious. Oh, so doubling back to um, something from last week. Um, Went to the car show. Went to the car show. Car show was um, fun, man. That was my first... No, it's not my first time, actually. It's my second time going with my daughter. The first time where she was at an age where she could remember it. 
So I got to go back into my Dropbox and um, look at my storage and find those old pictures. Did you I, black ties? I didn't. I didn't. I, um, the one that I got the ticket to, I, I turned down. I did the same thing. I don't know why. I, did. I don't know why I did either. I, I, I actually, I didn't go to. Of course, I didn't go to the black tie gala this year. But when we were at said previous job, I did have the offer to go one year, and I actually went out and this was uh got like belligerently trashed other elsewheres. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think I didn't go because they weren't like going to give me off to get there. I was going to have to get <laughs> off, go home. <laughs> Get changed, get washed, get dressed, and I got off later than them, and they all took off. So it was just like I'm not going to that shit. But went had a good time with my daughter. I found out uh, my daughter has a uh, fairly expensive taste in cars uh, last week. Yeah, yeah, every luxury car that we walk by, or that's such and such, or that's such and such. I'm like, I'm like all right, fuck you, know all this. I'm thinking in my head, I'm relaxed though. So I found out that my daughter, like myself at her age, her favorite car is a Lamborghini. So um, I take her into an exhibit in a car show to see one of the classic Lamborghinis from the 1950s, right? So I take her in there. I'm like, so look, check it out, check it out. That's a Lamborghini from the 50s. And she like balled her face up like, you know, 10-year-old girls. I'm like, oh, that's what they look used to look like? I'm like, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm putting her D. I'm thinking this is some hot shit. I'm thinking, like, hey, ain't that doing all that? She said, oh, yeah. Oh, they had a big glow up. I looked at her like, man. Let's see how old heads hated us, man. I mean, yeah. Old heads hated us for a reason, man. Well, you know, they said, you little young whippersnappers, you little young whippersnappers would be putting it uh, lightly. As the old heads used to say to young ones, my age, you little young motherfuckers don't know shit. Can't even pee straight. Going to talk about you. Going to tell me what a good automobile is. Eighties Lamborghinis, cocaine. Big white Lamborghini contact energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she uh just totally crushed my dreams as a parent. I thought I was putting a deal with something. She's like, yeah, that joint is horrible. So uh, my kid, I was one of those weird people who um had a, a strong appreciation for a classic car. Had a very strong appreciation for a futuristic looking car too, because she only likes futuristic looking cars. And I'm um, I feel like I'm failing as a parent <laughs> as a result. So I got the family minute out the way. I think I got the serious stuff out the way. This is serious too. Uh, it's that time of the show. So this. Ladies, specifically, if you want to know a surefire way to get unfollowed by me on social media. And when I say ladies, I mean ladies who I don't know outside of social media. Mm -hmm. Like, we forever, for whatever reason, have started following each other by way of social media. The moment you get pregnant, you are unfollowed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm not sorry, actually. Um, Some of y'all... All right. Let me give some parameters to this. Let me unpack this fully so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because this ain't everybody that I've met through social media, right? If I have met you by way of social media and we haven't established some type of grounds for following each other, like if we haven't found a mutual like that we done now had conversations about said mutual like, or if we haven't been connected now, even though we followed each other through social media, through mutual people, if we have nothing going on other than the fact that you randomly followed me or I randomly followed you back, 
or otherwise. If I randomly followed you and you randomly followed me back, we never speak to each other. We never DM each other ever. The only thing we do is like a picture of each other's every now and then. The moment you get pregnant, I am unfollowing your ass. I'm telling you now, I, 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 I can't state it no simpler. I can't state it no simpler than that. Argument, but like, no. when you say it like that, that like literally, no, I'm unpacking that fully. You gonna know exactly what I mean. All right, well, you like each other, you know, follow, follow, like a picture here and there once every three months, no DMs, no conversation. Yeah, you gotta go. Yeah, I'm unfollowing your ass. You gotta go. You know what I mean? Like, that's like very akin to the to a chick like posting a boyfriend all the time when they know I like her. Like, yo, like relax. I mean, but no. No, <laughs> that's why it's too much information. All right, yeah, all right, all right. TMI, sis. Specifically. Yeah, pregnant woman specifically. Yeah, like, yeah. if I like you, you posting your boyfriend, I can live with that. Yeah. Yo, don't be posting. Keep your mother, keep keep that motherfucking pregnant belly off the internet. Yeah. Listen, if you kind of if you could sneak it under the radar for nine months and you just pop out with the baby, I might just take it on that chin as like. You got one over on me. No, you got one over on me. You. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Mine's a little more scumbaggier than that. You might get stayed followed by me because I'm like, this motherfucker can hold her water. This motherfucker water for nine months. And I don't mean, no pun intended. I'm like, yo, she had a fucking baby for us for nine months. See, I'll, like, put the picture up with the homies, everything. Pregnant the whole time. I'm like, yo, she walking down the street. I'm like, I heard with the bourbon cloth over her shoulder and the baby hit. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on some shit. Like, oh, no, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> yeah, no, we ain't doing that. Right. We ain't doing that. Yeah, unfollow. If you see that number trickle down, if you want to know where those that actually track, whether you be an unfollow or follow or not, and you ain't got the app that's telling you a specific person, that one that went down was not a ghost page. It was me on day one. Oh, I always thought it was the weirdest shit ever. Like, the people, and it's it's more so a thing that started in the Twitter days, but it has its carryover because I was about to say that too, it has its carryover because people do it through Instagram too. Like when, when you got unfollowed, like when you don't follow somebody on Twitter and then they like blast you on their on their joint, like, yo, this person just unfollowed me. I'm like, hold up though. Like, like I, I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't publicly unfollow you. Like, yeah. on my page. You like, add me in so some. I just pull up and say, I'm cordially unfollowing your ass. So, so, why, so why you got no. to on your team? You tag me in that. I'm going. I'm giving you the WeeBay from the wire, like gift from the rip, like the. <laughs> this nigga so, tag me to tell the world that I unfollowed him. Like that's like the sassiest of actions. Yo. That was. The, that's one of the few the things. That's that that's like one of the few things that's like. Even though I can tell it's like an emotionally driven thing, that's one of the few things that even if I can like say it's emotionally driven, I'd actually be pissed off if a woman did to me. Let alone a man. Like it, it, that's that's a flagrant file. Yeah, bro. It's it was some of the yo. And then when they didn't read like, upon the terms and conditions of the apps. You typically had to agree that once they ran the report every day, that it will report it on your timeline. Mm-hmm. It used to be so nasty to me when, like, such and such, at such and such, was unfollowed by six people today. So I just, I'm like, 
this motherfucker really care this much? Listen, I wish this feature was out then because their uh, Twitter has clearly um, heard our prayers now after uh, when did I started my Twitter oh nine mm-hmm. after thirteen years Twitter has semi heard our cries and is rolling out the downvote button, right. which I'm assuming is essentially the unlike button or the dislike button. Yes, but having a dislike button doesn't fall into today's PC culture. So I can see why they'll never add a dislike button. Because there, there are people now, you know, on a serious note, who are out here killing themselves because they ain't getting enough likes. Let them see a bunch of fucking thumbs down icons. Let a person... Yo, bro, could you imagine the type of lawsuits and just in, in society now that would be concocted by some type of lawyer from the first person who comes out and outwardly kills themselves by having negative likes on a... On a Social media post. I mean, oh, for sure, for sure. Typically, people don't come out and give praise to. People don't come out and just outwardly, for the most part, give praise to a thing that they like. Yeah. Because nobody cares. When you go on, right? When you're looking at a restaurant for the first time, right? Or anything that you searched on Google product-wise, or you're not... We're cynic, We're more cynical about praise than we are about criticism. And hear me out. It's a, it's a weird thing. When you see too many five-star ratings of a restaurant or something like that, it might not be the first thing you think of, but often people will think like, man, this motherfucker paid Google or Amazon for these reviews. You never think... You never think a person paid somebody for bad reviews. Oh no. Even if they lying. Hold on though. That's because the nigga that put the five star he dropped the five star in a roll. The nigga put the two going right in seventeen paragraphs. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody's coming in and dropping a one star and just a one star. They gonna tell you <coughs> excuse me. Exactly why some shit on one star. Yo, low key. Yo, a person might just drop a five star and say, Oh, I loved it. Yo, bro. That's the re- <coughs> excuse me, that's the review. Last time I went to New York, right? I downloaded the Yelp app just so I can read the bad reviews and just entertain myself. But that, and it doesn't mean that negative reviews are more true than favorable reviews. That is not what we're saying. No. But typically, when you go out of your way to go and leave a review on some shit you hated, Typically, just by way of how the human psyche is and how human emotion drives you to do things, you typically will hold on to that one more. No, I mean, yo, I'm going to circle back. Cause like, it's- yes. Like, you, you can get 10,000 oh, 10, five-star reviews. They only care about the, the one bad review. Like, it was... We used to work at a job that this was 100% the case. Like, to the point that people had to start emphasizing it to their customers because there are some people who just on the strength don't give perfect reviews because they're like, there's no such thing as a perfect service even if it was good. You literally had to tell them, yo, if you really think I even did an okay job, you had to give me a perfect survey or it affects my pay. Yeah, we had to tell them flat out. It got to a point where that was the case. So, If you didn't get a 10 out of 10, for that company's corporate standard, you literally failed. Yeah. 
a nine out of ten was a failure. I think for context, you need to like you need to remind people that like half of our customers were basically Larry David. Yo, for him to say half of our customers are Larry David, maybe that is why I. So you do know I think that's the funniest show of all time, right? Yo, I just started watching it this year. Ha- Congra- congratulations. That's all I'm going to say. It is the equivalent of why it is it is what Seinfeld would have been if Seinfeld was on HBO. Yes, that's it. 100%. It is Seinfeld. Yes. Nothing perfect. Yo. Larry Dave. Yo. Can you imagine if Larry? No, you probably could imagine. I will not say none of our former uh, customers by name, by the way. I will not. But there are customers I know. I have heard one react in a very, very similar fashion to how I feel Larry David would have reacted exactly. Mm-hmm. To us telling him, like, yo, if you care about me having my job, you have to give me a perfect service. Larry was like, service wasn't perfect. Like, I, I'm sorry about your job. Like, when I can't give you a 10 out of 10. I'm mad, I'm mad that you tried to disguise who it was by, saying, by, by not doing the voice, but I heard it. I know, I know, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I assure you, I assure you they don't even remember my name to find my fucking podcast. If they saw me, they could walk into Barnes and Noble right now and see me on the cover of that bicycle magazine and not know that's me. Guaranteed. Oh, you know that's they know you know who they are. One of our former co-workers might know who I'm talking about. And he ain't the only one. But for sure, we had I'm talking about Larry David almost to a T. a Jewish man in the same age range. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, this shit, I think that's why that show was so funny to me after working on the main line for so long and just having my interactions with people of a certain culture and a certain level of affluence, I will say it flat out, for the time that I did. And I'm like, yo, this is nuts. Like, I had literally at least three customers who were Larry. It's crazy now, but I'm thinking back to it. Like, if I watched the show then, I would laugh in their face. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Um, I couldn't have had um access to Curb. I, it's a good thing I didn't watch Curb then, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I didn't fucking run a name and call somebody Larry, and they would have known what I was talking about. Now I got clipped. I ended up getting clipped anyway. I ended up getting clipped anyway. But listen, when I tell you. But yo, if y'all don't watch it, please watch it. Yeah, listen, I just called it the greatest comedy show of all time. Yes, you're talking about great. Listen, one of the greatest things I ever probably did for my dad is introducing the curb. Like, curb is so funny that me and my dad did not think JB Smooth was funny ever. (laughs) He's hilarious. The man's hilarious. Yo, he's perfect. I hated hated JB Smooth's existence. can do no wrong. Can do no wrong. I'm good with JB. JB 100% good in my book. And he's even better in my book because maybe about six, seven years ago, he was randomly, I guess he was, I think he was about to do a stand-up at Helium or something. He was in Philadelphia. And as far as his little this press run while he was here, he was on Mike Missinelli. Oh, right. Well, right. Mike Missinelli is a huge fan of Curbed. Right. So his, um, their PR department probably reached out to him knowing he was going to be in town. And he did it. And the story behind that, bro, that character was not in the show script. You know what's crazy? 
crazy. He went to a reading. Yeah. And they said, no. Whatever you just did right there, we'll incorporate that Yo, shit in the show. And they created Leon because he just did such a good screening. I watched the video yesterday on YouTube about it. He said they walked in, did the whole Leon thing, smacked Larry in his face, and they was like, "Yo, you got the job." We got the job. Yeah, yeah. He it wasn't he didn't read us. He didn't like do a reading for a character that they had in mind. He just went there and did him. He created a fucking character during a casting fucking call, and they said, "You know what? We gonna make a character for him." Yes. He came right in there and did him. So I'll tell you, I'm going to get off of the curb thing. But let me just give you a a brief peek into the window of who this character is, right? So Leon, a.k.a. JB's, I mean, um, JB Smooth's character in Curb Your Enthusiasm, literally was introduced to the show. So Larry David is such an asshole, right? But he's one of those people like, he has a really, really, he's very, very, very literal. So for anybody who listens to this that thinks I'm a stickler for detail and I got to have shit just straight laid out, he's me to the second power, right? So in some misplaced sense of like morality and pleasing his, uh, his girlfriend at the time, uh, the show spans back far enough that there was an episode where they bought in, they adopted a family that was suffering from the effects of Hurricane Katrina, right? So, it's a woman. I think her two, her kid or her two kids, her grandmom and her brother. Her brother is Leon. Oh, the her is Vivica Fox, actually. Yo, the her was Vivica Fox. So, nonetheless, she basically jumped on some shit with Leon. Um, like, so Larry's girl eventually moves out. So, she jumps on some shit with Larry like she is chick now for a very brief period of time. And something happened. She basically said, we tired of your shit, Larry. We out. So all of them leave. He thinks when all of them leave, she's like, thank God, because now J.B. Smooth character gotta go. <laughs> so it was the episode when the family left. He like gets, he sees Leon walking back. He's like, yo, you know they all left. So all right, yeah, that's cool. He's like, oh man, so what are you about to do? I'm going to fucking house and fix me a sandwich and go to sleep. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, I'm not fucking leaving because they left. I'm not going back to New Orleans. I live in a fucking mansion in, in California. I'm not fucking leaving. Yo, he walking right by and went in the crib, closed the door behind him. I'm going to go here and fix me a fucking sandwich and go to sleep. Like, bro, I'm here. He's been there every season since. He's the longest standing character besides Larry's agent. That's literally. That is literally. I just gave you the clip notes existence of his character. Boy, yo, you talking about this is the essential, essential, just mainstay of that show. Larry, 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 Larry struck gold with Leon, man. JB Smooth, JB Smooth out there of his Leon. <coughs> Excuse me. This past week. Not even this past week, this current week, these past two days besides today. Back on the bike. Feeling amazing.
Yo, it was really 70 yesterday. It was really 70 today, too. Yeah, yeah, I, it, felt like it. yeah it, felt, it felt more than it. Yeah. Like, when I put on, when I was riding, I took a picture. You know, it gives the, based on the geotags and the weather tags and things like that, you can pick the temperature. They were saying it was only like 68 degrees. I'm like, man, I feel like it's like 75 out here. But just making my way from Philly, making my way through Philly, just I never really see much of Philly on my bike. Most because I just feel like, you know, uh, motorists don't respect the other motorists, let alone cyclists. So I just typically err on the side of caution and don't do it to myself. But I did yesterday before making my way out to Concha Hocking. And it was, you know, it was a conscious decision. Like, it ain't 3 o'clock yet. People ain't off work. Kids ain't out of school. It's not going to be a bunch of buses and people... People at work, hopefully. Ain't going to be as much traffic. But just making my way through, man. I'm like, yo, it feels so good out here. And being back and just being back in a recharged state, in a mental state, took some time away. I've, I I joked about it early on in the podcast. But it wasn't really much of a joke. You know what I mean? I laughed it off. But no, I took a step back because I needed to take a step back in a way and just handle some other things in my life. Because like I said, the bike was my... Needed distraction from everything. But it was exactly that in a lot of cases. It was a distraction. And I couldn't have a distraction at that time. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I was really serious about feeling better and being better, I couldn't. I couldn't. You can't go looking for distractions. You got to take that shit on head on if you actually want a solution. And fix sad problems. Or at least dissect sad problems. So that even if you can't if you can't fix it at that time, you can actively avoid things that are going to make it worse. Doing didn't or doing exactly that. Yeah. You know what I mean when when certain things. How can I state this? Ah. Uh, you got to eliminate certain things that make things that were an escape to you and that you feel are still an escape for you, aside from whatever this contributing factor is. Eliminate the thing that's making that escape a prison. Yeah, shit. Right about that. Not doing yourself no favors. At all. You know what I mean? It becomes a time where you could be a good friend and a good ally and help people with their problems. You got to understand the difference between a person that wants help with their problems and a person that's trying to make their problems yours. There is a difference. Huge difference. A person that's looking for actual help isn't looking to impede on your progress or your life in any way. They feel like you just might have a thing or some advice or a resource that can help them out with a thing. But there's a difference between a person that's trying to make that problem yours. I think it's a third person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know what you mean. I'm saying like, like, it's like you only have like, I mean, energy isn't infinite, so it's like, 
you have available energy to you, and then, like, you see them just literally, like, take the keys and just go, and you're right in the same spot where you were because you're exhausted. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Listen, man. Yeah, but that's not, um, it's not intentional like the other one, though. The one, the one knows what it's doing. This one is, is literally a, a energy and time, um, like, consumer. Tumor, yeah. So, it's just, if that's not your intention, man, just try and stay away from that. Because at the end of the day, if you really, really, really bring in the right person, willing the right person who's willing to give you that energy that you're trying to drain from a person, and they f- don't catch on early and they just fully just dive head into the pool with whatever it is that you're bringing them into the pool for, and you start feeling better naturally because you're like you ain't creating no energy and the energy ain't being destroyed if it's just being transferred. You're transferring that negative energy over to that person. And just by way of being able to get some of that negative energy off of you onto another person, you're usually naturally going to start feeling better. And that person is going to start feeling worse. And if they start getting, you know, waking up to the fact that they're feeling worse by way of you helping you feel better with some shit that's your issue, not theirs, they're going to resent you. They're going to resent you. No two ways around it, in my opinion. Where does it happen more well, than in a relationship? So transference happens, right? And now all mm-hmm. of a sudden the person that was trying to, to help the person that's depressed is now depressed. Okay. And now the person who's no longer depressed is now mad at the person who's depressed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's, listen, I'll tell you this, it is not a sign of weakness to not always, always put yourself out there as the super strong person. You know what I mean? Don't. Sometimes it ain't fair to you. And I know life ain't fair. But sometimes the things that's going to be brought to you by way of the jumps that you have ain't going to be fair to you. It ain't going to be cool to you. And don't let people wear you thin and have you feeling vulnerable to a point now where... You start judging them now by all the shit that they bring to you and just starting to think now, this person just wants to see me living in a state of misery. Mm-hmm. Or this person is, or the old adage that misery loves company, and this person just, no, my energy ain't theirs, and they want me to feel the same way about life that they do, and I don't. You know what I mean? That shit is just... That's a, that, that I see that I, that's so common, man. Yep. So fucking common. It, it, it is, right? It just is. It can be tough or it can just be something that you need to get through, but it's like we have to accept one thing, but like we had to accept that I wasn't going to uh, allow that negativity in his life to become a negative in mine. No doubt. And it's just 
And what you just said, like, the thing is, I used to increase uh, resistance and, like, negativity because it was, like, those were those were the outliers in my life, not the good things. Good things, that I had a good life, fairly yeah. good life. Yeah. Like, I learned to stop, like, embrace, like, I stopped, like, embracing, like, the negative shit that was happening to me when the things that I was trying to embrace were just completely different things in my life that I tried to embrace and just own and were depressing me, like, you know, the way I was handling my mom's death initially, uh, the way I was handling the initial aftermath of my accident, stuff like that. Right. But other than that, like, like a little challenge, I'm like, oh, I'll bet. You know what I mean? Because I was also, like I said, I've uh, had some imposter syndrome moments where I turned down or laughed off a lot of the praise that I got in life. Yeah, but and that was just that was just by way of a cynical way of thinking, though. It's just like, yo, they fattening me up for the kill. Yeah. Like they they unloading all these comments on me now for me to let my guard down so they could shit on me. Never gave people the room for that. But I also just assumed that that was people's angle and didn't give them room to be even doing it just for the sake of doing it. You know what's crazy? <laughs> um it is a little bit of a positive. But I also do think that it's something to do with the people that are saying it didn't have your respect. Because, like, <clears throat> there's certain people to this day, and I'll name them by name, I don't care. Like, when I was making music, right, my man, Brian Porter, hit me up. Piano boy, like, yo, man, like, you that bull for real, like, like this, and then I'm like, you know what, like, when he said it, I respected it because, like, I respected him. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like yo, he's just classically playing, like, trained pianist. I'm over here pretending. You know what I mean? And, and he, he he's giving me, like, real affirmation on something that I, that I wanted, right? And it was coming from a peer. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying there are a lot of people that just say shit and it's like, it's, they're just people. So like, that like heightens our, our imposter because it's like, yo, he's a, again, batting you up for the killer, right? It's like, right. yo, he's just batting me up. Like, these people, whatever. But I'm saying like, it's like, it's almost like being in those circles, right? Removing yourself from those circles so the people that are saying it matter versus right. being in, in, a, in a pool of people that don't. And I don't think it's more, uh, that's 100% true. And mine wasn't always a, the fact that I didn't have uh, respect for the person. I didn't have enough rapport with the person to really care what they think. Right. So, so if I didn't care what you thought about little things, right. I certainly don't give a fuck about what you think of me. So it's only with so much of a grain of salt. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna take even a compliment with a grain of salt. And then I mean, it makes you worry against all compliments because then, because then like, you get into a habit of being like, okay, all right, all right, and then. It's everything. Like, yeah. You know, it, it, it starts off being something. Yeah, so it's just what it is. Like, at the end of the day, we're stepping back into this now with the podcast. And, you know, I feel like this is my step back into entrepreneurship. Absolutely. You know what I mean? A much different avenue than the camera thing at this moment which I don't believe will be the case forever or for long, uh, a lot less lucrative. I make zero dollars off doing this at this moment. Is that going to be the case forever? No. Do I think it's going to be the case for long? No. You'll have different things coming your way that for those, you know, who have, I appreciate y'all who've reached out for me and say any way I can support, let me know, and things like that. You know, when these merch runs come up, grab an item or two. You don't want to wear them? 
Throw him to your little nephew or something. Throw him to your, throw, buy a hoodie for your girl. Buy a hat for your boyfriend. You know what I mean? Buy, buy a hoodie or hat for your son, for your daughter, whatever the case might be. You know what I mean? Keeping the lights on in this place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably more metaphorically than literally, but still. But still, man, we are, we working. We working that the thing, it's, not, it's going to keep coming regardless. It's going to keep coming regardless. But continue to support, continue to tap in. Appreciate everybody who reached out this past week, letting me know that the episode wasn't there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I wasn't aware. Yeah, yeah you know, God forbid I would I not be aware that the episode wasn't out either. But I looked at that, man. I love the enthusiasm that people show when they reach out to me about the podcast, let me know, yeah, bro, I'm listening. Without telling me they listening. There's straight up messaging me or DMing me, laughing or, or talking about a line from a previous episode <laughs> and things like that. And they'll just send me a response from a line. And, like, he going to know what I'm talking about. And I do, though. Yeah. And it, yeah, so it's dope because I actually listen. So it's like, you know, this ain't the, I come down and I just lay it down and it's over. No, no, I go back and I listen because I arm myself for that because that's typically how the, the you know, the community, this, the community for this podcast engages with me. And continue to keep engaging in that way, y'all. Keep tapping in with me. I'm going to stay tapped in with y'all. Y- y'all know what's going on. Thought you should know podcast. Deep be knowing. Boy off to the side. Episode nine. Get with me.